Ron Fournier is also here. He's editorial director for National Journal Group. You can follow him on Twitter at Ron underscore Fournier. His piece, go ahead and admit it, George W. Bush is a good man. Well, Ron, you should know you covered him long enough. Yeah, I did. I covered him quite a while. <laughs> now, it's true. We tend to, I think that um, for many people, evaluations of George W. Bush, they can't separate it from the war they, or his deeds in right. office. And, and, and that's, uh, that's where it stands. Well, what I try to do with this story is make the point that, uh, yeah, exactly like you say, they can't separate the policy from the man. But it's not just with Bush. It's the same with uh, Bill Clinton, who you and I covered, and, mm-hmm. and, and Barack Obama. Um, all three of these presidents who I've covered at some level are very uh, decent men who really care about uh, the country, care about their office, both while they're in office and in the case of Clinton and Bush, since they've left, they've uh, they've given back. And, and I know as a reporter who loves the horse race myself <laughs> and who, you know, who's biased towards conflict, like every other reporter, mm-hmm. um, I tend to forget that. And every once in a while, I, you know, I really try to remind myself of that every day. That hey, you know these these are people who deserve at least the benefit of the doubt. Put yourself in their shoes. Um, but as a reporter, you know maybe it doesn't hurt to every once in a while write about it too. True, but I also think it's easy to forget that they're human because you really have to be a high flying narcissist to run for president. I mean, you really have to believe in yourself so much, often to the exclusion of all other things or whatever your particular issue is, um, to run for president. It's not normal people who who do it. It's true, but you know, I think a bigger barrier is, or are the barriers that are between us and these men and women. I, and I, I really lived this in a, in a way that most people didn't, because I covered Bill Clinton as a governor. Extreme access, we had extreme access to him. We just we, we saw Bill Clinton more than we possibly could want. <laughs> and I I knew as a reporter that at the end of the day, whatever I was writing, and I you know I was I wrote him tough and and you know really loved to dig up stuff that that embarrassed him and you know caused him pain like you do with people you're covering. But I knew at the end of the day, I was going to have to look him in the eye and be able to justify everything I did. Mm-hmm. When we moved to Washington, I noticed myself right away starting to take shots that I would not have in Arkansas just because I had lost that human connection, that no longer was I going to have to be able to say, yeah, I took a shot at you, and here's why. Um, it's, it's, it's the lack of distance. We start treating them as titles and not as men and women. That's such a strong point. I find that my journalism was so much better when I was a city hall reporter, you know, because, yeah, yeah, because, A, I knew them better. I had more access to them, and I was much more accountable. They had my home number and would call. (laughs) You could could write the good about them better, and you could write the bad about them better, too. Exactly. But as long as it was true, as long as it was true, then, then, you know, they can complain all they want, but it's true. Um, uh, And I'm not saying that anything you would report at the White House just because we don't have the same access is untrue, but you can get a little you can get away from that issue of humanity you do and, and so you lose you lose that layer i know today i have gotten countless emails and, and twitters from democrats as well as republicans saying thank you for reminding me that there is some humanity left in politics and thank you for reminding <laughs> me that even though i still think george bush was a terrible president i'm quoting some of the people who you know, use some emails I do. I do have to remind myself that he was a decent man, and that makes me feel better about the system. And you know, in an age like this, especially coming after a week like last week, and heading into the event that you're going to be covering on Thursday, it's mm-hmm. not a bad time to to take pause. I know on Friday I did a post um, that the headline was "Pray for Our President." It was basically, let's look at the week that Barack Obama's been through. No matter what you think of him politically, would you want to go through what he just did? Right. And and if nothing else, maybe. If we can't support him, and, and you know, only 51, 52 percent of the public can support him, we all can support him politically. 
we all can wish him the best because, you know, he is our president. I'm talking to Ron Fournier. He's editorial director for National Journal Group. You can follow him at Ron underscore Fournier. Um, Ron, uh, my, my Twitter account has not been hacked, by the way. OK, good. Not good. Yet. To, not yet. Day is young, sir. Um, uh, you know, I think we saw some glimpses of this during um, when when uh, the Bushes were back at the White House for the unveiling of their official portraits. Yeah. And uh, it was a real sharp contrast. We've gotten so used to President Obama and his ways and his style. Mm-hmm. And there mm-hmm. was uh, there was old Bushy up at the podium right. winking, <laughs> speaking right. extemporaneously with emotion. And uh, President right. Obama reading somewhat woodenly from prepared remarks. And, you know, there was just so emotion, so much emotion and so much feeling. Of course, for Bush, it was an incredibly sentimental day. For President Obama, it was a very routine day. So obviously, there would be that difference. But and and I remember hearing from people, just people who admitted, you know, I do not care for George W. Bush, but kind of liked him a lot in those moments, seeing him and saying, oh, yeah, he's a funny guy. He's a nice guy. He loves his family. Yeah, I, I don't know if you remember this, but I, I remember at every news conference, he would torture me because when I, w- <laughs> I was with the Associated Press then, and by tradition, the AP or Reuters asked the first question at every news conference. So, you know, I was either the first or second question at every news conference, and he would, every time without fail, give me a hard time if I asked a follow-up question, if I <laughs> deigned to ask more than one question, which, of course, required me to ask three questions. And <laughs> exactly. so we always had this little, you know, and, and I would, I, you know, I'd try to be respectful and polite, and he would, you know, he would try to put me on my heels so that, you know, I'd be a little off my game, and it was it was a you know a nice little public back and forth, and the whole time you just knew he was just loving it. And uh, and I remember your successor Jennifer Lovin, who who took over as bureau chief for AP yeah. after you left, used to complain that he would do the same, but by winking at her, he'd and yep. she would be yep. like, "Stop winking at me!" <laughs> but it would completely <laughs> throw her off her game because you're getting ready to stand and question <laughs> the president. And he's like. Hey, what's up? <laughs> he, he would do the same thing to me. Yeah, 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 yeah. Was she talking about? It was always. It was before the. It was like when the other the world leader would be the other world leader would be saying something. 